Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I'm your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's episode, as a reminder, on Thursdays, it's just me talking about something that is either trending in the fitness, health, medical, or business communities, or a listener question, or sometimes a topic that I previously touched on with a guest that I want to expand on because I believe it was important and we didn't get the chance to in the Monday conversation. And again, the Monday conversations are me interviewing an expert in fitness and health on one particular topic. Last week, it was public speaking. Let's see what we have coming up. We have... Uh, I believe maybe another one on Ozempic coming up soon. I have a fitness app coming up soon. I have some nutritional related stuff coming up soon. I have a doctor coming on talking about uh, gut microbiome and how that affects your acne and your skincare. So we have some good ones coming up. But today I'm going to be talking about two different things. First here, I'm just going to go over some actual fitness related things. Three things I see in the gym or that I hear online or that I see videos of where I just disagree and I want to talk about the proper form in which to do these movements because I think it's important. These are all really basic things that I that everyone in the general population does and then also personal trainers do with their clients. And I'm going to explain to you from my perspective, my opinion on why these things are done improperly. So first, I'm going to talk about lat pull downs. Most people know what a lat pull down is. It's that machine that mimics a pull up and that is the point is to work the same muscles as a pull up works. Hence, a lat pull-down, the primary muscle group, are your lats. Now, the biggest mistake that I see when people do lat pull-down, there's a lot of mistakes, but the biggest is certainly pulling down towards their chest. I'm going to talk about hand placement. I'm going to talk about angles. But first, let me just focus on the big picture here. When you're pulling that bar down, the ultimate goal is to, you know, I, I, I sort of uh, talk out of both sides of my mouth here because I, I hate the optimization craze, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be optimizing your individual exercise. There's there's a difference, right? I still want to be efficient in my exercise. I don't have to optimize every single thing in my life and my fitness routine, but the exercise itself should be the most efficient if we don't use the term optimized. And when you get past a certain point of pulling, it is no longer efficient. You're no longer engaging the proper muscles, or at least to the extent you need to. So the point of a lat pull down is to mimic a pull up and to work the lats. What do you do in a pull up? You pull up to your chin. You don't pull the bar to your chest. Once that bar is past your chin and starts to go down towards your chest, we get improper movement patterns. My elbows start to to, to go forward. I start to engage other muscle groups. I start to usually uh, sort of have a sort of a C curve in my thoracic spine. I start to lean backwards and have that almost pelvic tilt. We get into bad posture positions here and we're not engaged in the muscle fully and optimally. We're not, people think, oh, if I go down further, I'm, I'm working harder. That's just not the case. We, we only want to pull down close to, let's say the, the, the top of the chest below the chin. Now, this comes with a caveat, like almost everything in fitness does. All of our bodies are different. Our arm lengths are different. The angle you're leaning back is going to change how far you're able to pull down. There's, there's a lot of things going on here. So if I have a wide grip lat pull down, my hands are essentially shorter. My arms are essentially shorter because they're out wider. So I'm going to be able to pull that bar down further than if my hands are all the way close together. If my if my, if my wrists are directly above my shoulders and I'm pulling down, now my, now my arms are longer in a sense, right? At least given given that positioning I'm in now. So there there is a difference in each person 
how each person does an exercise. This is going to be a theme as I talk about these next three, these, th- these next two things, three things total. Everyone's a little bit different. So I'm not going to tell you there's exactly one place, but in almost every situation, there's no reason to pull that down towards your chest, right? I've worked with, I don't know, thousands of clients at this point. There was almost no body type that I saw that was an advantage to them to pull that bar down to their chest. They weren't engaged in their lats more when they were pulling the bar down past that 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 point of optimization of efficiency, which is typically somewhere right below the chin, right? Not all the way to the chest. Sometimes it's a little bit further, closer to the sternum, but not necessarily touching the sternum when we're doing this, right? So so don't worry about how far you pull down all the time. But with that said, caveat here is. It, it is a feel thing. You have to feel when your lats are fully engaged. That's 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 the appropriate thing. And then also understand that hand placement makes a difference. If my hands are out wider on that bar, it's going to change as opposed to them being in closer. Now, that's something else I want to talk about. Hand placement is, it depends on which muscles you want to work. So we're not changing the exercise drastically, but there's different percentages of muscles that are firing, right? If we want to start from the 100%. We'll say if your lats are working at the 80% clip when your hands are in a normal placement, which is just outside of your shoulders, as you start to move them wider, they're, they're taking on more, right? Now your lats are working at a 90% clip, let's say. And as you start to move your hands in closer to the bar, now you're involving more muscles. You're getting more bicep. And if you turn your palms supinated, which means facing towards you like a chin up, then you're working even more bicep. So we're just changing the percentages of which muscles are working by changing the hand placement. There's nothing wrong with doing different hand placement. You're not not working muscles. You're just changing the percentage of which muscles are firing at any given time. So uh, that's the that's the main mistake I see with lat pull downs is that people pull it down too far. They're getting out of the, the most efficient motion by tr- by thinking they're working harder and they're being more optimal and more efficient by pulling it down towards their chest. There's almost no case in which that bar should be hitting your chest. As far as the angle is concerned, it's hard for me to really explain that without being in a video, how far you should be leaning back. That It also does depend on the lat pull-down machine itself. So I don't really want to talk about that. We should be more or less upright, maybe with a 20% lean back. Now, moving on to the next tier is push-ups. People talk about this is the right way to do a push-up. How many videos have I seen? This is the right way to do a push-up. No, there is no right way to do a push-up. It's like throwing a football. There's a lot of wrong ways to do a push-up, but there is no one right way to do a push-up. That is absolute nonsense, okay? Push-ups, just like lat pull-downs, can be changed by hand and arm position about what muscles that I am working. If I want to work more chest, I can put my arms out wider. I can have my elbows almost be in line with my shoulders, they, it looks like a T, right? So if you're looking at me from above, my, my my body, my elbows, shoulders straight across would look more like a T. You'll see people say, no, that's wrong. No, no, no. That means we're working more pec. I have more pec involvement if my arms are in that T shape. Now, as I drop my arms down, again, think about looking from bird's eye view. As I drop my arms down into more of what looks like an arrow, my body's straight and those arms are at like a 45. When I look like an arrow... That is more of the standardized push-up where I'm getting a really good percentage of my of my triceps firing, of my pecs firing, and of my anterior delt firing, okay? Those those are the main muscles in a pushing exercise. Now, of course, we have we have uh, you know, <clears throat> we have prime movers and we have antagonist muscles that are that are working out. I don't want to get into all the, the the science behind it, but as far as the you know, the concentric motion is concerned and the muscles we're working in that pushing is your front of your shoulder, right? Your anterior delt, your pecs, your chest muscles, and your triceps. Those are the muscles that are firing in, the, in that sort of in the in the major part of the push-up, in the concentric part of the push-up that most people are focused on, right? The pushing. Now, 
as I put my elbows even closer in, right? So now I went from a T with my elbows out wide in, the, in line with my shoulders. Then I went down into what looks like an arrow. Again, we're looking from above, right? This would be looking bird's eye view at someone's body. You're standing above them. They're doing a push up. And now I bring my elbows all the way in tight. Now I'm working a lot more tricep and a lot more interior delt and a little bit less chest. I'm just changing the percentages of muscles. So you'll see that's harder, let's say for sometimes for women, because their triceps aren't as strong right away. Or you'll see that that's sort of the chaturanga push-up in yoga that people start to, to, to do. When their elbows are in tighter, you're getting more tricep, more interior delt, a little bit less chest. When your elbows are out super wide, you get more chest, less tricep. That's it. We're just changing the muscles that are firing. There is no right or wrong way to do a push-up. Now, this comes with a caveat, like everything else does. If you have injuries, if you have problems, if you have shoulder issues... If you have former, if you have prior injuries of some sort, well, you're gonna have to work with a certified personal trainer because there there might be certain positions that are not good for you, for your not good for your joints to be in. But I, but I'm telling you as somebody who's healthy that there there would be no wrong way to do a push up if you're doing one of those three ways. It's just changing the muscle distribution percentage of what is working at any given time. So we went through lat pull downs, we went through push ups. Now let's go through squats. If anyone says you know someone tries to show you this is how you squat and then they squat. Give them the finger and walk away. Their body is different than yours. There is no right one way to squat. In fact, everyone should have a personal trainer look them over. I'm a corrective, corrective exercise specialist. What does that mean? That means I can I look at someone's body and I see what muscles are short, what muscles are tight, and and I'm a lot, and I can I can guide you as to what position that you should be in in a squat. You yourself, because your squat should not look like John's squat, which should not look like Sally's squat. There is no one right way to do a squat. Why? The length. Of, of certain, uh, the length of our femur, if, if it's rotated, right? we had a whole podcast on that with, we had femoral antiversion and retroversion, the mobility of my ankles or of anyone's ankles. I have, I don't have a lot of mobility in my ankles. So for me to squat properly, I, I would, I would have to widen my stance typically, right? Any prior injury history, there, there's so many things going on in any one individual body that there is no one right way to squat. Now, again, there's wrong ways to do everything, right? There's improper ways to do things. And usually what that comes is not foot position. It's it's the hinge position. So as people go down, they stay too upright. They don't kick their hips back. And in any squat, the one thing that everyone should do, doesn't matter universally, is you should push your butt back before you go down. So you're pretending you're holding packages. You're coming from the grocery store and the car door is open. You got to push that car door closed with your butt first before you go down. That is an always, okay? Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter what situation, your butt should always go slightly back before you start going down into a squat. But other than that, there is no always in a squat, okay? It's, it's going to change based on each individual person. The width of your feet, the way your toes are pointed, how deep you're going down. That's another thing people say like, oh, it's not really a squat unless you're going ass to grass. Your ass should be below 90 degrees. No, it depends. It depends on how I'm built anatomically. And it depends on mobility. It depends on how warmed up I am. And it depends on injuries. There's so many things that go on in the squat that we should never talk in absolutes except for the thing I just said. You got to push your butt backwards before you start going down. So there's a slight hinge and that chest is angled forward as we start to go down. So that was a lat pull down. I talked about what was wrong with lat pull down. Typically, people are pulling down to their chest. There's almost no case where we really need to pull down that far. Then we talked about push-up. There is no one right way to do a push-up. There's certainly wrong ways to do every to do any movement, but there's no one right way to do a push-up. It really depends on 
your injury history and your goals and what muscles you're trying to engage. If you want more chest, you can go out wide. If you want more triceps, you, you, you tuck those elbows closer to the body. And then we talked about squats. There is no one right way to do a squat. It depends on your ankle mobility. It depends on your femurs. It depends on um, <clears throat> any, any individual injury that you may have had in the past. And it does not look the same as someone else's squat. It should, it should not have to look the same as someone else's squat, right? I'm a corrective exercise specialist as part of what I do. I analyze people's squats and I tell them what's wrong and I tell them how to get into their best position, their best position, not the best positions. Big difference here. Now, lastly, I want to talk about AI, which I talk about all the time, but it is coming for our jobs. If you're in the health or medical or business, or certainly if you're a personal trainer or nutritionist, it's coming for our jobs. It's going to be able to develop a better program than you. Without a doubt, it has more information. It has every, they're going to be able to plug in every program that was ever made in the history of personal training, in the history, every diet tip that was ever, that was ever taken in, they're going to be able to get. They are going to be better at programming and giving large scale, and that's the key word here, scale advice to people. What they're not going to be able to do ever is personalized. Nothing will beat the personalized experience. And when everyone's zigging, which is going online and trying to scale, you need to zag, which is getting more personalized, doing things in person and upcharging. Forget about scaling. You're going to have to change your business model, in my opinion, to start charging more and giving more personalized attention. I just went to a Dave Chappelle show, 20,000 people there. I was 10 feet from the stage. It was absolutely amazing. I've watched you know, hundreds of, com- of comedy shows, comedy specials from my couch. It doesn't hold a candle to it. It's not even close. Watching a comedy special, watching the funniest person you'll ever see in your life on the couch is not a third as good as watching a semi-funny person live. It is so much better being live. A football game, yes, I watched almost 90% of the football games I've ever watched in my life were on from a couch. They don't hold a candle to being live in the stadium with that energy. There's something different. That's why people are willing to pay two, three, four thousand dollars to bring a family of five or six to a college football game or an NFL football game because it's just different. The energy is different. People love that. And now, when everything is getting you know hyper uh, technology and electronified here, that's a word I just made up. People like the more personalized in-person experience. You're going to have to zig. Excuse me. When everyone's zigging, you're going to have to zag. I'm telling you now. The personalized experience, upcharging for that is going to be the way personal trainers make more money. Now, that's not me telling you as somebody who has a fitness app I'm developing for people to do virtual training that you shouldn't still have your foot inside of virtual training. It's always going to be a part of your business model. And if it's not, you're missing out and you're screwing up because it's here to stay. But it shouldn't be the primary part of your business model moving forward. Because you are going to get beat out. You're going to get beat out by AI. AI is going to have better information. They're going to build a better artificial intelligent personal trainer who can hop on and help people with their form and answer questions and give people a routine and write a program. All the things that you do now, it's going to do better than you. But what it won't be able to do is provide that in-person experience. It's not going to be able to say the things that really connect with a human. Hey, Mary, you know, you look you look a little bit sluggish today. What happened? Oh, you know, it's just I didn't sleep well last night because, you know, my I think my dog, I might have to put him down. You know, he's been sick and I think he might have, you know, it's cancer. We're going to he's going to the vet tomorrow. That connection that you're going to have with your client, that ability for you to change, pivot on a dime and work with them, that's not going to be able to, that's not AI. <laughs> AI won't, it won't do that the same way you will because it's not going to actually connect. That connection won't be there. So 
even if it could say those things, it doesn't feel the same when you're in person. So we're going to have to zag when everyone else is zigging. Yes, you still want to dip your toes in the online world, but you're going to want to start thinking about how do I upcharge? How do I give a more personalized in-person experience and charge more for it as AI starts to come and take my job? Now, I'm not telling you it's going to take your job tomorrow, but in three years, probably, yeah. In five years, definitely. Definitely, there's going to be an AI personal trainer who's better than you, who knows more than you in five years. That's just without a doubt, right? Right now, you can. there's programs where you can plug in, like, let's say, um, images, and it reads what the next pixel is, and it will create a picture based on whatever it is that you ask it. So if I say, hey, if, uh, you know, if Picasso were to uh, come up with a Nike t-shirt, what would it look like? And within seven seconds, it would just come up with, you know, a, a, a Nike t-shirt that Picasso would have designed. Like, th this is just... This is here to stay between the pixels and the videos and obviously with things like ChatGPT where we know and we have the we did a whole podcast on the natural language processing the NLP that's that's here already that's been developed over the course of these years with with the uh, owner of Consensus which is a search engine that uses only peer reviewed papers like this is here to stay guys the AI is here it's going to take your job over it's going to do it's going to do the scalability work better than you but what? Because it's tireless. It's always on. It doesn't have to schedule with a client. It doesn't have to wait on an answer. It's good. It's always there for the client. But what it's not going to do is provide that high value, personalized experience. So when everyone else is zigging, you're going to have to think about zagging. This has been an episode of the Truly Fit Podcast. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform, and feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.